Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, it's Tuesday, July the 11th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're okay. Coming up, you can hear from a teenager who found a gun while mudlarking, plus why volunteers at a food bank in Medway are having to wear body cameras. But first up today, tributes have been paid to a 15-year-old boy who died when his e-scooter collided with a BMW in Coxheath. The teenager's been named as Kieran Byrne. The Cornwallis Academy pupil died on Saturday night in what's been called an avoidable tragedy and it's prompted calls for tougher regulations and a crackdown on e-scooters. South Thanet's Craig McKinley has been speaking to Kate. These scooters are illegal on the roads. Um, I mean, I'm now questioning, I see these things on a daily basis when I drive around and uh, just at the weekend, funny enough, I had to sort of take a bit of evasive action. Uh, yet another teenager, always seems to be young uh, male teenagers more than anything else, uh, driving these things. And, um, you know, they, they just should not be allowed on the road. And I know Matthew Scott, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Kent, has been uh, running quite a campaign um, arguing against these things. But, I mean, if, if I'm driving around and see them, I, I have to say, surely, Kent police drive around and see them as well. I mean, we do bear down very heavily uh, on speeding cars and for road safety issues generally. Uh, but we seem to have turned something of a blind eye to these quite fast are very exposed, silent, generally no lights, vehicles. Um, and I, I would have thought a period of bearing down on them very hard would actually solve this, because I don't want to see any more um, well, deaths. This is a, an avoidable tragedy, and I, I cannot even imagine how the family must feel uh, over this weekend. I think there have been calls before for people who get caught riding these scooters on public roads and footpaths for the scooters to be seized and crushed, basically, to be to be taken away. Is that something that you could get behind? Well, certainly the impounding. Uh, I mean, you're allowed to drive them on private land. Uh, of course, you're, you're, you're more entitled to own one, uh, but it's when they're used on a road. Uh, I would have thought the simplest thing would be to uh, impound and for the, uh, the the police vehicle to actually uh, take the youngster home and say to the parents, well, we've impounded this, here's your, here's your son or daughter back, more, more than likely to be a son. And, and that will be the end of it. But uh, we need to bear down on these things because they are erratic. They've got very small wheels. They're, they're not as controllable as say, a push bike. They're certainly a lot faster. And I've heard instances where uh, with a clever bit of sort of tweaking, you can even make them go even faster. So they're just not suitable for the roads. There's no insurance. There's no protection. And as I say, I see them on a daily basis. I find it scarcely believable that a Kent police car doesn't go by these as well. And funny enough, on the back of my tweet over the weekend, I've had emails in from people saying, well, we've nearly been knocked over by one on pavements. And uh, you know, similar uh, evasive uh, action has to be taken by by motorists. And I've had a number of those emails in over the last couple of days. But I, I know I really do feel for this family. I really do. I, I, I can't imagine what what they're going through. Maidstone MP Helen Grant has also sent us a statement. It says, this is an absolutely tragic situation and my heart goes out to young Kieran's family and friends at this desperately sad time. I've also written to the family to offer any support I can. I have been in touch with Kent Police and await a full report on the circumstances. I know that officers are appealing to anyone who saw the collision or who saw either vehicle that was involved before the incident to call the SCIU appeal line on 016. 
01622 798 538. That's 01622 798 538. Kent Online News. Some crime news next. And a Thanet man who stalked a woman then uploaded hundreds of photos of her online has been sent to prison. Charlie Parker from Westgate harassed his victim for seven years, leaving her feeling so unsafe she installed panic alarms and security cameras at home. The 33-year-old from Linksfield Road has been locked up for 34 months. A man's been arrested at Gillingham Railway Station after a woman he was travelling with called 999 for help. The train they were on was met by police. He's being held on suspicion of common assault and breaching bail conditions. Now, this is one of our most read stories on the website today. Inspectors say chefs at a pub near Faversham put diners at risk of serious food poisoning by leaving joints of meat to cool in an oven overnight. They also found meat had been served at the Four Horseshoes in Gravney for a week after it was cooked. It was given a one-star hygiene rating, but the owner now says progress has been made to address concerns. MPs have heard the Home Office is paying for thousands of empty hotel beds reserved for asylum seekers to avoid overcrowding at processing centres like Manston. Officials told the Public Accounts Committee the department keeps a buffer of about 5,000 beds across the UK just in case there's a sudden influx of channel crossings. Well, Home Secretary Suella Braverman says they are looking into alternative arrangements. Well, Prime Minister and I are absolutely clear we've got to stop the boats. That's why we're working very hard to introduce new legislation. Um, it's coming. Uh, it's going through Parliament right now in terms of uh, inst- instilling a new system whereby if you arrive in the UK illegally, you'll be detained and thereafter swiftly removed. Last year, there were 45,000 people who arrived illegally. It's costing us £6 million a day in hotel accommodation. This has to stop. And that's why the Prime Minister made it one of his top five pledges to the nation at the beginning of the year. We've got over 40,000 migrants staying in hotels around the country, in towns and cities throughout the United Kingdom. It's costing us £6 million a day. It's not fair on the taxpayer. It's not fair on the individual migrants to be staying in hotels in these scenarios. That's why we've worked hard to identify new forms of accommodation which are bespoke, uh, designed appropriately to house migrants and asylum seekers, and also much more cost-effective for the taxpayer. Uh, We've identified Portland Port as one such location and we're going to be rolling out that accommodation very soon. Uh, We provide all uh, uh, appropriate resource to ensure that there is a right balance um, so that those people are appropriately supported without posing uh, a disproportionate burden on the immediate locality. Kent Online reports. Next today, and volunteers at a Kemp food bank have been given body-worn cameras because of the abuse they're suffering. Chillingham Street Angels feeds around 18,000 people a month, but yesterday a member of staff was spat at. I've been speaking to boss Neil Charlick. The levels of abuse are arising at the food bank, which is, as we're giving out a free service and helping local people, you would expect to kind of be exempt from abuse. But we're finding this is happening more and more. Yesterday, we had an incident where somebody didn't want to take one bunch of bananas, they wanted to take a whole box. And when they were asked, look, there's other people who need this stuff, we're feeding 18,000 people a month, so stuff needs to be shared out. The guy's gone crazy and then he started to spit at the young lady. I mean, it's, it's really hard to get volunteers as it is, telling them you're coming into a job, you're going to help people. Normally, people love doing that kind of thing, but if you're telling them you're going to be abused and spat at, kind of makes it even harder for us to get people. Yeah, I mean, that is really a disgusting thing to happen. Do you think that's just because tensions are 
are getting so high because people are struggling so much? I mean, what can you put it down to? I mean, we we used to. I think it's just bad manners. It's just not spitting. It's grim. You know, it's grim anyway. We we can only give out what we get what we get given. When you're feeding that level of people, we're still lucky to be really well supported. So we get some amazing stuff come through. So everybody's fed. No one's going to go hungry. But it, it, it's harsh for us. But people shouldn't have to just just deal with that. I mean, it's a struggle. There is a queue. We used to open at nine o'clock. Then we used to open at eight o'clock. Now we have someone there at half past six in the morning ready to accept the first donations and ready to get us. And there is already, when we get there, there's a massive queue. People that drive past that place You'll see there's always a massive queue. It never There's never any kind of quiet periods. So what are you going to do to try and combat it, Neil? Because obviously, as you say, it, it's really not nice for that to happen to your volunteers who are doing some really good work for you. Sadly, we've had to buy body cameras, which, again, is not... I don't want to be spending money on things like body cameras, but I've got to protect the safety of the volunteers there. We've already got a camera system in place. We've had to buy a lot of crowd-controlled things where we keep people in the queue, try and keep it as orderly as possible. But there's just some people who sadly just lack manners. Are you hoping the body cameras will make a difference? I mean, we, we do see an awful lot of staff in various different places wearing them nowadays, don't we? It is, it's bad. I think it's bad that people have to go to that kind of level of security. And I think it will. I think it will hopefully deter some people from being rude. Meantime, shop owners in Sittingbourne are worried you'll be put off from shopping in the town centre because of antisocial behaviour. They reckon the problem is getting out of control, with water guns recently being confused for actual weapons. Police have issued a reminder that it's a criminal offence to cause public distress. An investigation's been launched after more than 20 beach huts were broken into in Broadstairs over the weekend. Properties in Louisa Bay, Stone Bay and Viking Bay have all been targeted. Police are keen to hear from anyone with information. An animal rescue group is asking for donations after a young pup was found abandoned with two broken thighs near Maidstone. Tansy was given into the care of the New Hope Animal Rescue, who say the bill for her medical care will run into the thousands. They say she's lucky to be given a second chance. Kent Online reports. Now it's feared rubbish will continue to pile up in part of Kent after refuse workers rejected the latest pay offer. Members of the GMB union who collect waste in and around Canterbury are staging indefinite industrial action. We're told talks with firm Cannon Co have broken down. Frank Macklin's from the GMB union and has been out on the picket line. We've got a lot of key workers out there that are not necessarily in the NHS or members of the police that do very important jobs that um, unfortunately they get very little reward for. And the refuse sector is exactly one of those. You know, for years and years, with the private contractors and the councils um, basically turning a blind eye, we've seen more and more contractors come in and the wages and terms and conditions of those employees have been watered down. Every time there's a new contract, the contractor brings in their own contract, which is less than what the previous contract was. So we've seen their wages slip, slip, slip and slide. And um, when we came out of COVID, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we realised very quickly with the, the world we were exiting out to, that there were certain people who were going to really, really struggle. And then we had the, obviously the global cost of living crisis. And, um, you know, these guys really started feeling the pinch when the bills started going up. So we've had a steady campaign. Um, within the GMB to work with our members to bring them up and lift them out of what we are calling in-work poverty pay. And, you know, many of them were on 
minimum wage or a couple of pennies above it. And um, these guys are, you know, they're among the top 10 most dangerous jobs to do in the UK. Mm. You know, regularly, you know, they're, you know, abused by the public. Some of them may get assaulted by the public, but just going about their daily duties, many of these people may get hit by a car doing their duties. So, you know, as well as, you know, the areas where we deal with big wheelie bins, things like that, you know, that's a lot of musculoskeletal injuries they're picking up. So, these guys have had enough, basically. Members of the public can support the strike by um, keep doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They've been bringing food, milk, you know, um, they've been showing support by just bibbing their horns as they go past these guys. Um, I must admit, the, the guys got a really big emotional lift the other day when the taxis drove past and in a show of solidarity with them. So they were really, they really blown away by that, you know, because we know that the public, you know, pretty much largely support what's going on here because the majority of that public have been in the same, they've been on the same kind of like wheel trying to get off it, you know. Because some of these staff do use food banks, some of them are using payday loans to get through the month. So um, that, that's the reason they're out here. Canon Co and the council themselves have apologised for the inconvenience. Now there's going to be more strike action on the trains in Kent later this month. South Eastern will be running a limited service on the 20th, 22nd and 29th of July as members of the RMT union fight for better pay and working conditions. Train drivers are also refusing to work overtime next week. There's been a drop in the number of people out of work in Kent. Figures released today show 37,885 were claiming jobless benefits in the county in May. That's down by about 1,150 compared to the previous month. A Gravesend woman is joining five other young people in handing in a petition to Downing Street today, calling for more recognition of childhood bereavement. 25-year-old Ghislaine Sparshot lost her dad in a crash when she was just a week old. More than 8,000 people have signed the petition, calling for an official record of the scale of the issue in the UK. And it's thought it could cost up to £100,000 to remove hoardings from the site of a now-scrapped housing project in Hythe. The barriers were put up around the Prince's Parade site about a year ago. The plans were axed when a new administration was elected in May. They're now calling for the hoardings to be removed. If you haven't seen pictures of them, you can head to the website today to see them. Kent Online News. Now, a Kent teenager's had to call in the police after finding a gun while searching through the mud of the riverbank in Sittingbourne. Adam Gates often goes mudlarking at Milton Creek, then shares what he finds on socials. The 17-year-old says a firearms unit turned up to dispose of the weapon, and Adam's been telling the podcast how he got into it. Well, I saw some videos online, and um, I was like, that sounds fun. So then um, I saw this creek local because I live local and uh, decided to have a look at it and um, here I am today with all this lovely goodness. It's good for mudlarking because uh, back in the Victorian times and I'm talking the late 1800s, barges used to go from this creek uh, to deliver bricks to London and on their way back they brought all the London rubbish to build up the banks um, just in the background so um, yeah it's all eroding out at every high tide so that's why the creek is littered with Victorian rubbish. Recently I found a gun, a 9mm pistol, just under the bridge. Um, that, that, that was a crazy experience. It was laying there on the surface, but I dug it out slightly because I saw the handle. 
And I was like, oh, hang on, this is something. So I decided to get the trowel, that's why it's bent, um, and dig it out, and it turned out to be a gun. So I immediately called the police, and they came out, and then they called the firearms, and then they disposed of it, or did whatever they did with it. Oh, my greatest find. Uh, probably my post-medieval pewter tankard, because um, it's got the original initials on it, and uh, it's just amazing, really. The mudlarking community is very, very big. It's a fantastic community and uh, everybody's so friendly and we all know what we like and uh, yeah, it, it's just fantastic really. Well, if you're looking into getting into mudlarking, uh, make sure you have somebody with you. Charge your phone, have a decent pair of welly boots, uh, decent clothing, uh, and I'll recommend waterproofs for the winter months. That's all I recommend. And don't get stuck. Good advice there. And you can see pictures of Adam's finds by heading to the story today on Kent Online. Plans for a new lake and holiday chalets at a fishing site near Tunbridge have been given the go-ahead. Tricklebrook Fishery in Colts Hill submitted plans last October. We're told the extra lake will be built on agricultural land not far from the 8228. Staying with roads news and a stretch of the M20 is going to be closed overnight, so Operation Brock can be put in place. The contraflow between Maidstone and Ashford will go live on Friday to try and keep traffic moving at the start of the summer getaway. The coastbound stretch between junctions 8 and 9 will be shut from 9 tonight until 6 tomorrow morning. And the Red Arrows are going to be performing a 30-minute acrobatic display off the Kent coast next month. The Battle of Britain Memorial Flight will feature wartime planes including a hurricane and Spitfire. It'll take place in Folkestone on the 20th of August. Kent Online Sports. Cricket and it's the second day of Kent's County Championship match against Warwickshire at Canterbury. The home side were all out for 171 in their first innings yesterday. The visitors were due to resume today on 155 for two. And in football, a young Gillingham side will travel to take on Deal Town in a pre-season friendly tonight. It's as the rest of the squad continue to train in Italy ahead of a game against Como. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and now threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing and to sign up to that you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.